Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Welcome to another episode of the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them, it's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. This is episode 13, the most important skill to learn when dealing with toxic people. Now, as the title states in this episode, I will focus on what I consider not only to be the most important skill in dealing with toxic people, but in dealing with life in general. And it's something that I think is missing from our society, particularly from the millennial generation. Here's a review that someone left me in the iTunes section. In referring to the podcast, this person says, I think it's an important issue I didn't give a space to in my life. I'm focusing all my life and so many good people that surrounds me. That's a direct quote, by the way. And it's exactly my point. The best way to deal with toxic people is to focus on creating an amazing life for yourself. Now I know that's vague, but that's because an amazing life means different things to different people. Now, one of the ground rules for creating your amazing life, however you define it, is developing this skill that I talked about. And I won't keep you in suspense. The name of the skill is detachment. Detachment is not apathy, which is an absence of feeling or purpose and can be associated with depression. Detachment is actually healthy and it's not sticking your face in the sand. It's being aware of toxicity, drama, chaos, etc., but not being emotionally caught up in it. Now I said that our society could really learn how to use this skill because if you look on the internet, go on the news, if someone says something negative about, let's say a movie that everyone else likes, then people just descend on this person. It reminds me of a reporter who said something, well, she didn't actually say something negative about Star Wars, but she just said that she didn't get it. And then she received death threats and all this other stuff. And so we live in a society that get triggered. So detachment is a very important skill. Now at the time of recording this podcast, there are three more days left in the semester. This is the time I get bombarded with emails from students about their grades, despite me telling them that in the final week, there's not much you can do to change your grades at this point. I had one student in my office freaking out about her grade. Now I listened more than I spoke. Finally, she said, don't you care? I said, sure I do, or we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'm just detached. Now she gave me this puzzled look and asked what was the difference? And I said, I care enough to listen to what you have to say, but I am not getting caught up in the drama of it. Now I know that's not what she wanted to hear, but I was trying to get across that she has to take responsibility for her actions. By being detached, I was releasing myself from the burden of taking responsibility for someone else's actions and happiness. Now we continued our discussion and I gave her some guidance on how to proceed from there, particularly as we came toward the final exam. Now it's one thing to say that you will learn to be detached from your emotions about a toxic person, but it's another thing entirely to achieve true detachment. Now it's not easy to get over a toxic encounter. You may feel unsatisfied, angry, manipulated. Your natural instinct may be to get back at that person who hurt you. <laughs> Ask me how I know. You might feel you need to prove a point or get revenge or even get in the last word. You might persist in the belief that you can work things out if you just give it one more try. It could work. Now all those feelings are understandable. They're human, but none of them are particularly productive. 
If you want to recover from a toxic relationship or an encounter or whatever it is, then you have to accept that no amount of revenge or talking is going to make the situation better. These things won't help because, you know, it takes two to make a healthy relationship. And I'm not talking about romantic per se. If one person is prone to toxic behavior, then that particular interaction might not ever be healthy. And it's hard to accept that, but it's true. Emotional detachment is a skill. It's something that you can learn. If you find yourself replaying encounters with the toxic person in your head or even just a bad situation, then our emotions tend to get in the way of accomplishing the things that are important to us. And learning emotional detachment might be helpful. Logic and emotion just cannot thrive equally. Here are some things that emotional attachment can do to you. Number one, it can help you to avoid dwelling on upsetting or troubling events from the past. It can help you maintain an air of calm, even in the midst of a stressful situation. It can help you to keep calm and avoid being agitated in the face of provocation, particularly from toxic people. It can help you achieve a state of inner calm that allows you to stay on an even kill. And it can help you to free yourself from an unhealthy emotional attachment. Now, it's important to note here that no one is calm all the time. No matter how detached you are, there are times when your emotions will get the better of you. Welcome to the human race. However, by practicing emotional detachment, you can learn to control your emotions, most likely the majority of times. Going back to that conversation with the student, she asked me how I learned detachment. And I said that it was a process, but there are two distinct events. And it's interesting that one has nothing to do with the other. The first one was I was on my way to bankruptcy. I ended up filing a chapter 13, which if those of you who are wondering, that's the type of bankruptcy where you pay back a portion or all your debt. But looking back on it, I realized I managed to get myself in that situation because I was so worried about what everyone else would think. I was like, no, I can't turn back now. I don't want people to think I'm a failure. Well, guess what? <laughs> My financial world just came crashing down around me. And then where were all those people I was so worried about before? Were they there to help me? Not a single one. So that was the first thing. But the second thing was my dog. I was over at a neighbor's house and my dog just started barking and carrying on. And I told my neighbor, I need to go see about my dog. And my neighbor said, Shayla, that dog will be okay. And then I thought about it, I said, yeah, you're right, she will be. And I said, what am I worried for? She's fine, she's not on the road or anything like that. And so from that experience, I learned to just let things go and let things be. That just because there's an emergency on someone else's part doesn't necessarily make it an emergency on my part. I am not Atlas hoisting the world up on my shoulders. I'm not that strong. I will be crushed. So with that in mind, let's just quickly go through some specific tools you can use to help you learn emotional detachment. Now, number one is actually related to the conversation I had with that student, and that is to accept responsibility for your own happiness. That's not to say that if you're a jerk to someone and say, oh, I, I, well, I'm not going to accept responsibility for that. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. A lot of times people lash out because they think they need someone else to make them happy. For whatever reason, they believe that, you know, insert anything here, having a spouse, making a certain amount of money, whatever it is, is the key to happiness. And it sounds cliche, say it with me, the truth can only come from within. <laughs> I hate saying it myself, but it, you know, cliches are truth. If you find yourself saying that if only this person would do such and such and I would be happy. Now, if it's your boss, probably right. But that's a good sign that you're putting responsibility for your happiness with someone else instead of with yourself. 
when you focus your attention and energy on becoming the person you want to become and filling your life with things that gratify you and make you feel good, you will be able to stop depending on others for happiness. And that's what that reviewer was saying about the podcast. She was saying, look, I get what you're saying. I'm glad this podcast exists, but at the same time, it's not so much an issue for me because I focus on the good people in my life. And I said, hey, more power to you, Godspeed. But there are some people for whatever reason just find themselves in that situation. So in a future podcast, I will talk about cultivating healthy relationships. Number two, identify and remove the hooks that attach you to the toxic person or whatever the situation is. It doesn't really have to be toxic people because it can be anybody, but people can be very good at placing hooks into other folks. Here's what I mean. I was once a member of an organization and they put me on this list to teach some lessons without asking me to do it first. And I refused and told them that no matter how good, and it was for a good cause now. And I said, no matter how good this cause is, you will not put my name on a list and expect me to follow through. If you want me to do something, just ask. I would have probably said yes. But now that you took that choice from me, I'm taking it back. Now, what if I had said, okay, I didn't like what you did, but it's for a good cause, so I'll do it anyway. That's a hook, people. These behaviors will repeat themselves over and over. See, what would have happened if something else would have come up and they'll say, well, Shayla, you said yes last time. What's wrong this time? I said, no, but uh, you know, I'm drawing the line. And all they have to do is say, well, it's for a good cause. And if I still say no, they'll say, well, what was so different last time as opposed to this time? Why can't you say yes? It's for a good cause. That's a hook. One of these, I have to stamp it out quick. You've got to nip that in the butt. Otherwise, it's just going to keep happening over and over again. If you really examine your interactions with people, you start seeing the pattern and then you can identify the hook. Once you know what that hook is, you can remind yourself of what it is when a person tries to use it against you. Now, just because someone puts a hook in the water does not mean you are under any obligation to take the bait. Learning that can be a big step toward emotional detachment. Now, number three, acknowledge that it is never your job to make someone treat you well. People will treat you to the extent you will allow them. Sometimes an interaction with certain people can lead to a feeling that you're just walking on eggshells. It's like, if I say the wrong thing, this person will blow up. And you convince yourself that if you manage not to say anything or do the wrong thing, things will get better. But you know what the problem with that thinking is? It doesn't. They will find something. Even if you say, hey, look, the sky is blue. And they can, they can find something to argue about that. It's just you never know what sets them off. If a person is resorting to blaming or chastising you for something that they themselves are doing, then you might need to acknowledge that and just move on if you can. It won't matter how careful you are. You're always going to be walking with eggshells around them, which leads to this point. Sometimes we convince ourselves that things will get better. We have an expectation that at some point, the person in question will begin behaving in a respectful and acceptable way. Now, before I move on, just let me point out, this does sound like an abusive relationship and it can be that, but that's not what I want to focus on is that I've said in previous podcasts, this is something that is beyond me. If I talk about these extreme toxic situations like abuse, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, I will actually bring a guest in. It's not something that I will talk about on my own. Now, getting back on topic, the unfortunate reality is that sometimes we have to lower our expectations. And you might say that you don't want to do that. Well, guess what? I don't blame you because neither do I. But if you continually expect that things will get better, then your expectations are actually working against your well-being. Now, there's nothing wrong with optimism. And I know a big part of it is you want to see the best in other people. And that's what kept me in, in this 
endless cycle for almost like five years. But the sooner you accept that things might not get better, the easier it is to achieve detachment. Now, this is something I actually learned in graduate school. When I lowered my expectation of a toxic coworker, it's amazing how peaceful I felt around them because when they did something, I'm thinking, oh, what did you expect? I still held out hope, but at the same time, I had to separate idealism from the reality. And then finally, look at the big picture. Many times, toxic relationships can loom in our lives. You know, sometimes we can have that great environment where toxic people are just a blimp on our radar, just a little blip. Oh, it's gone. Not always though. And sometimes we give it more weight than it deserves, especially if you're dealing with someone like a boss or if this is a toxic family member. And as a result, we can lose sight of the things that matter to us. Again, with that review saying that I surround myself with good people. And that's what it comes down to. The more you focus on the good things in life, even if they are few and far between, the easier it is to emotionally detach from the toxicity. You can seek out relationships with people you're happy around. You can pursue hobbies that you love and do as much as you can to regulate the toxic person to a supporting role in your life. And these techniques can help you detach from a toxic person or relationship. The more you detach, the more confident and calm you'll feel on the inside and the more self-assured you will seem on the outside. This is the end of the episode. Again, let me stress, detachment is not apathy. They're not the same thing. Apathy is tethered to not feeling anything, having no sense of purpose and even depression. That's not detachment. Detachment is healthy. It is in the midst of a bad situation that you can maintain your air of calm. You still feel things. Detachment is not not feeling something. Detachment is not getting caught up in the drama of it. That's what I want you to take away from this particular episode. And until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care. Go to the toxic people detox. Dot com. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.